Grand Rising Kings and Queens. It's another, another Tuesday here on The Great Debate Show with your host, myself, Jarvis Jeffries, Terrence Smith. What's good, people? Nick Ely. What's them? We back, and we're better than ever, baby. The Great Debate Show is available wherever you get your podcast. Download, subscribe. You can also rate, review, and follow it's so much to talk about in the NFL. Uh, we've got uh, a few undefeated teams, or at least they were, uh, before Monday night started. Uh, a lot of good games, a lot of good teams. Portland doing their thing unexpectedly. Utah, surprisingly, uh, getting out to a good start. Man, what? just so much to talk about. Zion Williams and the Pelicans are looking good, but... Zion still keeps finding himself on that day-to-day injury list. Now he has a bruised hip. We'll talk about that. Brooklyn and Memphis, what a game at the FedEx Forum. And our man Nick Ely was there. The Great Debate Show was live and in living color. And um, he's going to tell us what he saw from that game as the Grizzlies come out with the 134-124 victory. It was a heck of an offensive game from both teams, to say the least. All right, guys. So, uh, so much to talk about. Matt Ryan doesn't have a, a, a starting job anymore in the NFL. Um, of course, McCaffrey is a niner. That didn't make a damn difference on Sunday as the Kansas City Chiefs came in and just put a thumping on them. Uh, Lamar Jackson gets a win, uh, barely, but they did it in uh, against the Cleveland Browns. Terrence has to talk about the Ravens. Uh, Nick had a bye week, so it's all good for him. Although I don't think Ole Miss is still undefeated anymore. But nonetheless, it's still a great weekend, and it was a good Sunday. A lot of upsets they've been giving us, guys, with the pluses, man. So many pluses that I hope people have been taking advantage of. It's been a crazy, crazy first seven weeks. Guys, we're about to get started, but first, how are y'all doing today, man? Doing pretty good, man. Had a good weekend. Uh, spent some time with the family, but definitely enjoying some, some good sports uh, over the last couple of days. So, no complaints. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm good here too. Um, like you said, my Ravens did get a win. The Yankees will not be in the World Series. No, so I, I, you know, I'm pretty damn happy. <laughs> I, mean, I don't okay. know if y'all heard me, but I was I was saying that the Yankees won't be in the World Series, so I'm, I'm pretty, pretty damn happy. <laughs> and they are not. They are not. <laughs> I could say that five more times just to hear myself say it, but I won't. Well, they are not. No matter how many times you say it, they still won't be. It'll still be accurate. Uh, they got swept by the Houston Astros, and as I have been saying all season to some people, you know, that I talk to every now and then about some baseball, man, I don't know much, but them Astros, they be hitting, and that's all I've said all yeah. season. They Listen, be hitting. They got, they got swept at home, and their best player made the last out, and yeah. it just makes me so happy. Yeah, right. And I, and I hope <laughs> he leaves their ass. Yeah. Oh, and he may just do so. He can. I mean, Bryce Harper's done it before. We've seen a lot of these big-time All-Stars go get big bucks elsewhere. So we'll see how that goes. He's talking about Aaron Judge, of course, if you don't know. The Yankees are out. They're not in the World Series. It's the Houston Astros and the Philadelphia Phillies. Everything is good. All is well in Philadelphia if you're a sports fan. I'm glad you brought that up, Jarvis. 
I know I kind of warned you before the show that I had you a, a new segment of Coincidence or Not. Yes. So while we're on baseball, I want to bring this up now while we're on baseball real fast. It'll be brief. Okay. All right. So yesterday, well, not yesterday, but Sunday was the first time in 30 years that both the AL pennant and the National League pennant were clinched on the same day. Right? Mm-hmm. October, of, October of 1992. Mm. Now, take a guess at who was born in October of 1992. Aaron Judge. No. October of 92. Who was born? In, it's a baseball player, of course, though, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, they both clinched Houston. Damn. Uh, and Phillies. And, and the Phillies. Yeah. Ah, uh, man. I, I okay. Yeah. Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper was born in October of 1992. There we go. There we go. Coincidence or not? That is not a coincidence. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I, I and I say that because of what you just said that he did and how he then he pretty much had the well not a walk off homer but the two run home run came in like the bottom yeah, of the eighth yeah. that he that sealed the yeah. deal for them yes. So, yes, no, that's not a coincidence, T. Good stuff, though. Wow. Uh, that's a good find, too. Good catch. Good catch. Um, I don't know. The World Series, man, all those teams that had 100 wins, 100-plus wins, like the Dodgers, Mets, Braves, and none of them. Yankees, and none of them. They didn't. They didn't yeah, they didn't make it. None and of them know, made the, it. the funny thing is the Yankees didn't make it to 100 wins. Oh, they did not. Okay, I'm sorry. I mm-hmm. thought they did. They had, like, 70 wins at the All-Star break. <laughs> And they didn't make it to 100, man. They, they fell off so bad um, the second half of the season that this really shouldn't be a surprise. But they were not a good team. They just hit a lot of home runs. And once those home runs stop coming in, they stop winning. Interesting. That's right. It is interesting. And speaking of interesting, so many games that we have to go over. But first, we want to just give you a brief update and give you some headlines of what's going on around the league right now in the NF. Hell, all right. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers lost again. Green Bay Packers lost again. And the Tampa Bay Times says that if Byron left, which was a player, he would already have been benched by now. So now they're going to blame Byron left, which we'll get into that, boy, 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 boy. Uh, and and but first, these these notes real quick updates. I mean, in the NFL, what's going on? It was a lot that did go on yesterday. On Monday, uh, Matt Ryan got benched. Um, I mean, for the rest of the season, they've all, they're already saying they're not going back to him. He's benched. Uh, J.C. Jackson, the big free agent corner that came from the from the Patriots. It looks like they could have used him last night on Monday Night Football. Anyway, he's a Charger, but he tore his patella tendon and he's out for the season. The New York Jets running back, Brees Hall, man. It looks like he was going to be rookie of the year, and now he's tore his ACL and meniscus. He's out for the season. But how about the Jets responding immediately in less than 24 hours, making a trade for another running back out of Jacksonville from the Jaguars, James Robinson, for a conditional six-round pick. Uh, your thoughts on the Jets uh, making that that move. What do you think about that move briefly before we come back to Matt Ryan? Uh, Terrence. Hey, you guys, you, you know my philosophy on this. You have to go for it. You just absolutely have to go for it. There is no point in having your, your younger running back get hurt. He was having a great season. 
and just not trying to fill that gap with somebody that with talent. Uh, they went out. They got James Robinson, who is a good back. I think Jacksonville is going to start going a little bit more with Etienne Jr. Uh, so they they kind of had him to expand uh, expand a little bit. Uh, so kudos to the Jets for just not sitting back and just saying, "Oh well, we'll we'll get it next season." No, I get it this season. And who says they can't? Yeah. So I, I am always in favor of teams going for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, to kind of back that up to you, I mean, like you said, who says they can't go for it? I mean, uh, with kind of the wildness that we've seen in the league so far this year. Uh, more specifically in the NFC, which obviously the Jets aren't in, but um, you know that that's been you know the the uh, conference that's certainly more up for grabs, I would say, than the AFC. Um, you know, there's no reason the Jets shouldn't go forward and try to say, hey, you know, we, we feel like we can contend. We can be, you know, even if we don't win our division, obviously they got a tough one there with with the Bills. Um, but you know, everybody else for them really is is very beatable. Uh, so you know, there's no reason they shouldn't go forward. Brees Hall obviously is their future. Um, you know, he's he shown that, I think, this year. And uh, so, you know, maybe James Robinson becomes a becomes somebody that you pair with him. Um, I don't think there's anything they're looking to replace him, per se, except for, for this season, obviously, due to the injury. Um, so, you know, kudos to the Jets for that, for sure. Uh, Joe Douglas and Robert Sala, you know, Sala, hey, I'm keeping those your seat. And uh, he's not going to back up off of it now. So, you know, good on them for that. Yeah, they're keeping their foot on the gas. And that's what he used to say as he was the 49ers defensive coordinator. All gas, no breaks. And that's exactly what he's showing here. It's crazy how Robert Salah and uh, Mike McDaniel and it, it, these Shanahan disciples, assistants or whatever you want to call them, are doing better and having a better record right now than Cal Shanahan. Um, who's the professor and who's the student here? But anyway, keeping it moving, that that is that 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 hurts for Brees Hall. He was having an uh, amazing rookie year to start uh, all big. Big ups and prayers to him. Hopefully, you know he comes back with a uh, with a, to a speedy recovery, and he's going to be all right, and he's going to continue to tear up the AFC like he was starting to do here. JC Jackson, same thing for you, brother. Keep your head up. He's out for the season. And uh, now let's come back to Matt Ryan. He got benched. The Tennessee Titans swept the Indianapolis Colts. Shout out to the Tennessee Titans. I said tighten up. They tighten up. They've won four in a row since their zero two start. A team that was pretty much about to start getting tore down for their trade, trading away A.J. Brown to the Eagles. The Eagles are undefeated. He's balling. Everybody's balling. We we know. We know the story. But how about the Titans to still be undefeated? I mean, to, to be 4-0 in the past uh, four weeks now since that 0-2 start. They're now 4-2. They swept the Colts, and they're on top of the AFC South. So far, so good. Uh, but to the main issue here at hand is that Matt Ryan has not looked good. Evidently, he was pretty bad on Sunday, and now he's benched. They are going with, man, I don't even know his name. I can't even think of his name right now. Is it Ellinger or Sam something? Ellinger. Sam Ellinger. And just, for, guys, for them to say that he's done for the season already, I mean, he's not coming back in this. They they let it be known, plain as date. They, they were very clear about this. This would have happened regardless of the shoulder injury that he sustained on Sunday. And it's not even that bad. So, Yes, this was going to happen anyway. I'll start with Nick real quick. And then Terrence also, um, is this it? is this the end for Matt Ryan? And if so, what's next for the Colts? I mean, I, I think it was pretty clear that this year was probably going to be it for, Nat, for Matt Ryan anyway. Um, and so for me, the idea that you've got, you know, a six-round pick 
uh, quarterback coming in to replace him, what, seven games into the season. Um, and not only is he coming in to replace him, you know, for what I initially thought before more of the information started coming out, I'm thinking it's just an injury replacement. <laughs> Excuse me. But uh, but uh, the coach, uh, Frank Wright, came out and said, no, this is a, a season-long change. Um, you know, you, you know that Sam Ellis is going to be the starter going forward. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, I think I saw that Nick Foles is actually going to be listed as the number two um, as opposed to Matt Ryan. So uh, that says to me that the Colts are ready to move on, that, uh, you know, with Matt Ryan being injured, it's probably time for him to move on to, uh, to greener pastures uh, and in retirement. And uh, so, I mean, that's, you know, it is what it is. Uh, it's, it's, it's about time. The Colts are obviously be like, Many teams are in the league at this point, kind of looking for uh, looking for their next franchise guy. I don't think they believe that Sam Ellinger is it, uh, but at this point, I guess they just want to kind of give him a shot to see if he can give you know give the team any kind of kind of lift or any, just a different look, you know, going forward. Um, I think that this, both of these things are very much related, right? The, the Titans have won four in a row. Matt Ryan being bitch for the year. The Titans have won four in a row because they played the, uh, the damn coast twice. And okay. I don't know what the hell Matt Ryan is doing out there, but uh, it does seem like this era of football is over to Matt Ryan. <laughs> the Matt Ryan era, era of football is over. Look, he's had a great career. Uh, unfortunately for him, his most notable thing is going to be letting Brady come back from 28-3. to three. But... Still a very good career. Most people would, would kill for a career that that, that Matt Ryan had. Um, so hats off to him. I'm not going to crap on him. I just don't know what he's doing. And I will say also, it seems like somewhat like the Colts are, they always find themselves in toxic relationships with their quarterbacks. <laughs> Andrew Luck retired early because he was tired of that beatdown he was taking. Um Carson Wentz got traded for and played there one year, and it just it started off good, ended terribly. Matt Ryan couldn't make it five games before they said, hey, get your old ass down, we're done with you. So I don't know if it's just an intolerance with quarterbacks or if it's just a quarterback relationship to the coach and, and staff is just not good, and they don't try to work on developing it. Something ain't right there. Uh, but I did say earlier I think in the season that I don't even like the way the offense looks. You know, Pittsburgh to me has a bad offense. The Colts to me are right behind them. And it's been that way for years. And I, I think it's that way a lot of times when you when you have good defense and you just rely on that. And they've, to me, they've had a very good defense the past two, three years maybe. Uh, but the offense has not followed suit. So they got to go back to the drawing board. Okay. All right. Good stuff, guys. And I, I'll try to be brief here. I just think that, <laughs> T, you said it right. The Colts have had some bad experiences with their quarterbacks, relationships, whatever you want to call it, it's just not seeming to work out. But this is a team where it seems to me that they are, they're right there, they're close. They're, I'm not saying they're a championship contender, but the defense is solid. The running game is solid. Could they use a little more help outside? Yes. But then again, maybe they just need a quarterback, and that's probably the only thing that they're missing. We we thought that the, the Colts would win the AFC South. We thought that Matt Ryan would be an upgrade. But, look, if it's not working with Matt Ryan, and I know he's older, if it's not working with uh, – and, and shout-out to Atlanta Falcons for moving off, off of him. Shout-out to the Seattle Seahawks for moving off of their veteran quarterback, and they are doing just fine with Marcus Mariota and Geno Smith. 
but that's neither here nor there. The Indianapolis Colts couldn't get it to work with Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz, or Phillip Rivers. I say, damn it, the Indianapolis Colts, now that they have fixed a lot of things that forced Andrew Luck to retire, you've got the offensive line straight now. The defense is good. It's solid. This is not a bad team. Get a quarterback that can make plays and push the ball down the field, move the chains, get them in the end zone where they can get six instead of kicking field goals more. This is a good team and a threat in the AFC. So how do you fix this? Well, I don't know who's available in the draft. That take that requires time and all of that unless they just get lucky and they just find a damn Patrick Mahomes out of the draft, out the blue, and he's just, just great and amazing immediately. Man, they're in some problems. I'm, they got some problems, and that's mainly just the quarterback. How do you solve it? They've been doing everything that they could to rent their way to the promised land, and those rentals have not went well. So I say this. Call Andrew Luck back up. Ask him to come out of retirement. You've you've gotten your shoulder fixed. I know I was messed up. I know you had a lot of other injuries, and we definitely are to blame for that. But, man, I've got one of the best left guards named Quentin Nelson in the league, you know, right here that can protect you and block for you. And you know what? I tell you what. You never had a running back, you know, in the backfield like this Jonathan Taylor guy. Do you see everything that I'm bringing to the table for you, Andrew? Come back. Man, just come back. You have had enough time to get 100% healthy, and he probably needed all this time off too, mentally, physically, and everything, emotionally as well. But, man, if Andrew looked, still loves the game, I would say do what you can to bring him back. I mean, I don't know nothing. If if, if that doesn't happen, this is just going to go on until they're back in rebuild mode and they're just going to be the same old Indianapolis coast before Peyton Manning was drafted there. That's what they're going to head down the road to if they don't get this fixed. And I don't know no other way to fix it but then to say, hey, we're a lot better than we were before you left. Come back, Andrew. That's I know that's something that it would take a lot of luck to get him. You got that luck, Andrew, look. Anyway, uh, no pun intended. This is what <laughs> I think they need to do. And that's all I got for the coach. Uh, it's you just can't get uh, any worse Jarvis, luck than that. Yes. I am pretty sure two things. I am pretty sure there is somebody that Bob Earth, Jim Earth, I said Bob Ursay. Jim Ursay is paying. He's got somebody on payroll. And their job is to do one thing. Call Andrew Luck every day. Send Andrew Luck a text message every day. Shoot him an email every day just to see where his head is. Oh, just hey, just you know, just call him, see where his head is every day. Like yeah. that's that's their job to call Andrew Luck. Guarantee right. you, yeah. they put a phone call into that man every day. Mm-hmm. Number two, the last time I saw Andrew Luck, and these change fast. The last time I saw Andrew Luck was at uh, like the college football playoff. I think they had him and RG three there at the same time, and RG three looked bigger than he did. Oh wow. Whatever, whatever, whatever super serum that he had, he ain't got it in his veins anymore. Yeah, Andrew Luck looked very happy as a retired former football player. Okay, he looked very happy and very thin. That man looked to be like 170 pounds. And yeah, he looks like he installs your cable or fixes your computer now, as opposed to you know absolutely. absolutely wow wow so in other words just it, it's not gonna happen they they've been doing everything you're saying jarvis and he's not he's not answering the phone yeah gotcha and, in other words as, as i was supposed to say they are up shit creek without a paddle that's what it sounds like then Facts. yep 
That's what it sounds like. All right, so we're moving on, and it's time, ladies and gentlemen, for our best segment of the day of the show, React or Relax. And, um, man, where do we start? You got Tom Brady. You've got Aaron Rodgers. They keep making this list. At some point, guys, somebody got to start reacting here. Uh, I don't know. But these guys are – they've lost again. For Green Bay, that's three losses in a row. Now, that's the most losses – that's the that's the biggest longest losing streak that the Packers have had under um, uh, Matt Lafleur's tenure here as the as, as their head coach. So guys, react or relax with Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. React or relax with Tom Brady. I mean, yeah, me you I yeah, me personally, I am going to react to both of them. Um. I think there's something going on with, with both of those teams. I do believe that Green Bay, to me, has more problems than Tampa. I say that because Tampa can be mediocre and still make the playoffs. And, you, and to me, all you have to do is get Brady in the playoffs, and now you, you always have a chance. I'm not saying they have a great chance, but they have a chance. But I think that Green Bay, being in the division with Minnesota, that might be a problem. And we might have a situation where Aaron Rodgers goes back-to-back MVPs, craps out in the playoffs, and doesn't make the playoffs this year. And you got to ask yourself, like, do we get Aaron Rodgers next year? I know he re- he resigned that extension, but do we get Aaron Rodgers back next year? And I'm not saying that this season is already over, but, you know, there's, there's something to be said about having a number one wide receiver. And we see Aaron Rodgers not with one for the first time in a while. And he just doesn't look good. Hmm. Uh, but I'm, yeah. uh, like, like I said, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm reacting to both of them because whatever issues are in Tampa, they seem to be pretty damn strong for them to lose a game to Carolina. That's a problem. They got to fix that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm definitely going to react to both of them at this point. Uh, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with Terrence on that. Uh, the one part I'm going to disagree with him on just a little bit is just the fact that, uh, you know, with, with the Packers, at least it's kind of easy to point out what their issue is. You know, you know, as the old saying goes, the first step of solving a problem is admitting that you have one. Um, and I think it's very clear to them that obviously their problem is they no longer have a number one wide receiver. Uh, now, obviously, this is something that we all saw coming. And so the fact that they didn't makes me wonder how easy it is to actually get a job as an NFL GM, because if you don't see coming that, if you get rid of your number one wide receiver and don't replace him with another number one wide receiver, it's going to make your passing game worse. Uh, but, you know, whatever. I, I'm just a guy with a podcast in, in Memphis. Uh, <laughs> uh, for the for, for the Bucks, it seems almost as though the problem is a little harder to identify because even if you look at, um, you know, look at Brady's numbers just, in, just by themselves, obviously no touchdowns on Sunday, but they did still throw for, I think, 290 yards or something like that. Um it's a little more difficult to identify exactly what their problem is. Obviously, they, were, they were, uh, didn't have much help in the running game. Uh, the defense is not like what it used to be. Um, and then they lost to a team like the Panthers. Uh, and I, I'm not sitting here saying that, you know, the commanders uh, who the Packers lost to are just that much better. Um, but the commanders also have kind of their own deal going. They're, they're at least not in tank mode um, the way the Panthers clearly are. Uh, the commanders still believe that they can win games. Albeit the fact that they have they haven't won a whole lot of them, they still believe that they can. Um, and certainly, you know, obviously Carson Wentz got hurt, and so I I, I kind of felt like going in that a lot of the guys uh, on that team were fans of Taylor Heineke, 
and uh, he, he showed up, you know, on Sunday. He threw a pick early. I think came back and threw two touchdowns in the second half that got him back in it and, and eventually led to them winning the game. So, um, you know, kind of to go, to go in line with the with the uh, Matt Ryan conversation we had a few minutes ago, I think we're definitely looking at the end of an era here, guys. I mean, you know, Matt Ryan will, will probably be going after this year and Rodgers, Tom Brady. I mean, we won't have any quarterbacks left that uh, that came in the league, what, probably before 2010. Um, at that point, and so uh, but I think that's definitely what we're looking at. So it's definitely time for for both teams to react. Um, the only thing, the only caveat I will say is that the Packers, I think, probably they at this point last week, I think I said the Bucks probably had a better chance of turning around. At this point, I think I'm going to lean towards the Packers because I think if they can get a solid number one that uh, the Aaron Rodgers can do a little rapport with real quick, then uh, they may be able to make make a little bit of noise. Because I'll be in Minnesota, I think has a two game lead on them at this point. I, I'm just about to see Minnesota finish the season out before I'm going to put that kind of faith in them. Well, they will. Minnesota go <laughs> go Vikes. I got I got the Vikes to win the NFC North, so I'm hoping I'm right on that. I mean, Minnesota may win it by default at this point. Like it, it's, it's hard for me to just look at them and go, yeah. "No, nah, Minnesota's a legit division winning type team." It's kind of like, ah, the Packers fell apart. The Bears aren't any good. The Lions aren't any good. So yeah, okay, the Vikings win it this year. Yeah, yeah, I'll take it any way I can get it as long as I'm right. Uh, but I think <laughs> I, I will. I will also react on um, the Green Bay Packers as as well as you all are. Uh, I look. I, I think that the Packers they they got a lot of more L's in their future. I've said that about the Packers, the Rams. What's wrong about the Chiefs? But uh, look, I'm, I'm the Packers are not that good without a number one outside. So yeah, I'm gonna keep reacting on Green Bay until they show me something different. Now they'll definitely get some games and they'll get they'll get back on the roll here. But I mean, like they'll probably still miss the playoffs or you know they won't be very effective when they get in there or dangerous, I should say. Now as far as Tampa Bay, real quick, I'm gonna relax again. I'm gonna keep relaxing until Tom Brady is eliminated from the playoff picture. I just can't see him coming back out of retirement. If you even want to call it a retirement. I can't see him coming back this season and not winning the whole thing. Uh, I just can't. With all the drama that's going on in his life, his marriage, his wife, and all of those things, I just think those are more stories in the end. It's another story that he'll overcome it, all the adversity, and, you know, just the, the goatest goat of them all. He'll just like, man, this is really some goat-ish. That's, that's how I see it. I just, I'm not giving up on him. I was told a long time ago, stop betting against Brady. I'm not going to start doing that now. Um, look, and again, I, I, I really do hope I'm wrong. I would love to be wrong because my team is in the NFC. So I'm relaxing with Brady, reacting with Aaron Rodgers for now. Uh, speaking of my team and in the NFC, man, what a beatdown they took yesterday. I mean, on Sunday against the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs coming to Levi. It looked like the Niners were about to get on the road. They were about to blow them out of the out of the uh, stadium, and then there came Patrick Mahomes, and um, man, just everybody had a good game. Terrible defense. D'Amico Ryan's all the bragging, all of the just all of the praise that he has received as of late. Yeah, he's not getting that right now. He probably should get a little blame as well because that was a bad, bad, bad. Uh, display of defense or what or whatever you want to call that players came back probably shouldn't have came back as soon they got hurt again just as quick as it looked like Niners Niner players were getting healthy they all got banged up and left the game right again so 
it's turning again into another one of those 2020 seasons for the Niners. I keep saying this, and nobody's not listening. More injuries. And and to add insult to injury, no pun intended, but I've got more injuries for you. Uh, not only uh, did Jimmy Ward uh, come back and still didn't look like he should be out there, not only did Chavarius Ward play with a bad groan, he definitely didn't look like he should be out there. Man, Debo Samuel is day-to-day now. He has a hamstring injury, Kyle Shanahan says. And the fullback, Kyle Juszczyk, he underwent finger surgery on Monday. Ah, where the hell did that come from? So he's expected to miss this Sunday's game against the Rams. So the injuries just keep pouring in for the San Francisco 49ers. Guys, um, I don't know. Uh, what it, I think you guys both got this right. You said the Chiefs would win. Again, Ed Mc- Christian McCaffrey coming to the 49ers. Yeah, that was all good. It was it was nice. It was, hey, yes, yes, yes. What a surprise. What a pleasant surprise. But we knew, and John Lynch said after that trade was made, that, you know, that was not the end-all, be-all. This is not going to fix everything and all the problems that we have going on right now. Most of them are injuries, but those guys were healthy enough to to to, to, to do something. And they didn't even um they didn't even pinch the Kansas City Chiefs, let alone you know <laughs> let alone get a punch in. So guys, uh, your take on that game from Sunday, Chiefs Niners, and what what is this? What at three and four? Where are the Niners headed now? It looks downhill, and the Chiefs, man, they just can't seem to go anywhere but up. Uh, I mean, I I, I think you Niners just a lot of injuries. Uh, getting blown out by the Chiefs is not the worst thing in the world. They have blown a lot of teams out. They will blow more teams out. I am not going to grade someone really on how bad they get beaten by the Chiefs because there's only a few teams in the league really that can probably uh, kind of keep up with them, and that's Buffalo for one, of course. Uh, Remains to be seen as Philly can or not. And, of course, the Colts did get a win in with them, but, you know, at this point we might have to call that a fluke one. Oh, yeah. I've called it a fluke from the time that that happened. I know that uh, I know that uh, I do remember that Jarvis called it that week. He, he did call them to win the game, but uh, I, I call that a fluke from the time that it happened. Um, True. And so, you know, with that being with that being said, um, you know, the Chiefs are just one of those teams. I mean, they're they're, they're one of the top dogs. It's them, the Bills, and uh, of course, my Eagles. But, uh, you know, the, the Chiefs have the history of the last uh, last four years of being able to go to the AFC Championship. Um, Patrick Mahomes obviously showing he's one of the, the most talented quarterbacks, if not the most talented quarterback that we've ever seen in the league. Um, and he certainly, you know. Sorry about that, Nick. Um, don't know what happened there. I, well, I do know what happened. I lost. Nick, are you still there? No, you're not. I lost T and somehow lost you also. Yes. So, uh, oh, okay, you are still there. You are still there. Now, are you, are you not? Um, Yeah, so, yeah, that game was. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So. Yeah, I'm back. I, I, I don't know what happened. I don't think that was me that time. But, anyways, uh, like I said, you know, Patrick Mahomes is definitely build, building on his legacy, Um, you know, with, with basically every passing game. I mean, you know. I didn't fault the 49ers too much for losing that game. Um, like I said, between the injuries they've had, obviously Christian McCaffrey is a is a new addition. He wasn't going to be able to really be the every down kind of guy. 
um, after just getting traded on what Wednesday, Thursday, um, to be able to walk into that game on Sunday and, and play it all, I think is is uh, hats off to him for that. Um, and certainly as they were working into the offense going forward, uh, you know you'll, you'll probably see the 49ers continue to improve along with when they get healthy with other players. Um, but you know the Chiefs are just you know especially coming off of a loss. Uh, I think Patrick Mahomes did his in his career is like 13 and three coming off of a loss. So. Uh, it tells you that you know they they don't they consistently put out a good product, and when they do have a bad week, they usually come back with a vision. So I wasn't surprised to see that at all. Yeah, yeah, there's no need to be surprised. I, I think we all we should all know now that the Chiefs are always going to be at least a top five team in the league until uh, Mahomes is not there. But um, yeah, so I'm not I'm not going to clown the Forty Nineers for that, especially with their injuries. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, I'm not going to clown them either, but, I mean, that was a terrible display of defense. So, again, as I said earlier, whatever the hell you want to call that, that it, you, you still have to come better than that for against a team like the Kansas City Chiefs, a team that has beaten you in the Super Bowl just a few years ago. Yeah, you know, it just didn't look like a team that really wanted that revenge either. I mean, uh, a, lot of the, a lot of the air, you know, was tucking out of the building at, at uh, one part of some part of the third quarter. You just knew that. This is it. Jimmy Garoppolo in a shootout with Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> yeah, get for real. You knew that wasn't going to happen. But the more that the Niners didn't get stops, the more you knew that that's how it was going to be. Uh, Debo Samuel had a great catch early in the game. I didn't really see him make many more catches after that. They say he has a hamstring injury, though, so we'll see. He's day-to-day. Brandon Ayuk was getting more catches uh, out there. But, again, none of this matters because it didn't result into a win. D'Amico Rines, as much as we call out Kyle Shanahan, got to call you out, partner. Uh, that was not good. You shouldn't have started some of the players that you started. I understand it's the Chiefs. You want to bring these guys back, but you bring them back when they're healthy. You don't bring them back when they're not healthy, not against the Chiefs, because a lot of those players look like they should have set out another week, uh, honestly. Uh, maybe even another two weeks, come back from the bye, we'll see how it goes. Not a good look right now, but I'm still not going to react, though, to the 49ers because I still think they've got something special for them, at least for Jimmy G. I just think he's going to have a decent season in order to get signed somewhere else. Then again, this could be it for Jimmy G. He could be a backup from the rest of the way after this season if he even gets signed somewhere, if he keeps doing, you know, the things that he's been doing. He wasn't bad on Sunday, but he's, he wasn't great. As always, he was Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, you know what that is. Mid. But anyway, uh, Nick, you've got more games, uh, and I'm gonna let you take it from here, so we can uh, try to push these games out of here. Yeah, Dave. yeah, yeah. Not too many more games to touch this week. Like I said, obviously we've already kind of touched on reacting or relaxing on the Packers and Bucks, so we know they both lost. Uh, the Giants are on one of the longest winning streaks in the league so far, uh, with a four-game winning streak, beating the Jaguars, who actually uh, they were the underdog going into that game, which I found very weird. I don't know. I, I think we talked about this a little bit last week. I would like to hear what you guys think on that. Did anybody else just find it very weird that the Giants were going into that game as the underdog um, with Jacksonville only having two wins on the season? Or, or was that just me? You no, know, Jarvis and I talked about this Sunday while we were, you know, out filming it. That was very weird. And it was almost like, what is Vegas trying to do here? <laughs> what, are they, what kind of message are they trying to send us? And I, was, I mean, I won't lie. I was scared to take it. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't. I took it. I mean, it scared me going down the line. <laughs> Obviously, I had lost my ticket for other reasons uh, by that point. But um, coming down the wire, I was a little nervous for it because it was it was a bit closer game than I expected. Um, but the Giants were able to get it done. I just I just didn't understand that line going into it. Like you got one team that's 
lost one game all year, and another that's that's won two games all year, and the game the team that's won two games is is slotted ahead. Um, that's interesting. But uh, the first the, the one of the few games left that I think are really worth talking about here uh, centers around Terrence's Ravens, uh, twenty three to twenty. The Ravens were able to get a win over the Browns. Uh, Lamar Jackson threw for one hundred and twenty yards. I think he ran for another what was it fifty nine. Uh, no touchdowns to the air or on the ground for Lamar. Uh, Terrence, give me your thoughts on the game and kind of where you think Lamar is in terms of his bet on himself uh, as we come here close to the uh, mid midpoint of the season. You know, it's uh, this is the biggest damn pendulum I think I've ever seen, like so up and down. What I will say is, the, the contract aside, the team as a whole, they better figure out what the hell they're going to do on offense. Because it's a, and I understand that Cleveland is a division game. Division games, the AFC North, they are always going to be tough. They're always going to be rugged. Uh, they're going to always, for the most part, come down to a possession or two. But uh, at some point, you got to start putting your foot on somebody's neck, and you got to start beating some teams down at some point. And to me, Cle- the Cleveland Browns are the team that, and I know they run the ball well, but you should have been able to beat them down a little bit. If you are the class of the AFC North. You got to be able to beat somebody down at some point to make a statement so that when they know they come in the M&T bank, you are the big dogs. Right now, the Ravens are just the dogs. And the only, I mean, Cincinnati to me is still the, the best team in the division because I just think that Cincinnati's about to get on a, on a nice run. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm glad they won, but I'm not happy at all because that game could have very easily gone to overtime and who knows what happened. So not excited, man. Uh, I, as far as the contract, I mean, I, I, I think that there's no way that he doesn't get a big contract. I don't know if he gets the one that he wants because right now he doesn't look good. And maybe they're purposely holding him back so they don't have to give him that. That could be the case. Yeah, and yeah my dad and I actually oh, – go ahead, Jarvis. I'm sorry, we ain't heard from you yet. Go ahead. Uh, no, I was just going to say, and if that is the case, I would burn all the Baltimore Ravens stuff that I got, you know, like and, and like terminate my fan base with them because that is some dirty – you know what stuff? Rotten MFers if they're doing that. I wouldn't put it past it either, but look, I just want to say quickly, I, I say it all along. I don't think Lamar Jackson should be playing. I think he should have pulled an L bail. It might have not helped him. It might have would have helped him. I'm not sure. But man, right now, the first three weeks of the season, we thought, hey, Lamar Jackson is gonna get a $300, $400 million contract. Fully guaranteed. Now it's looking like, eh. You 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 leaving some points out here on the field. You should have still found a way to win that game and that game and that game. And, you know, even though he's not on defense, he has nothing to do with those meltdowns the secondary has had all season long as well, the episodes they've had. But still, that's neither here nor there. The record is what the record is. Bill Parcells always said you are what your record is. And they're 4-3. They're and three. They just barely went over 500. And uh, he's looking like now he's not going to get a penny – more than Deshaun Watson. Take it or leave it. Take it or get the clipboard. And that's what it's looking like to me. I don't think it was a good idea to bet on himself. And the season's not over with. He still could get hurt. I hope that doesn't happen, but it ain't looking like it was looking the first two, three weeks of the season. Yeah, I was actually talking with my dad about this a little bit earlier. And the thing that I, I kind of landed on is, you know, to this point, I can't really say that he's, he's losing the bet per se because – for me, if, even if the, if the season ended today, I don't think the Ravens can come back to the table with a lower offer than what they had previously. 
So I mean, you know, with with whatever that was, 100, 190 million or whatever it was guaranteed, with that as the floor, you know, by the same token, I don't think Lamar has has you know made a case to get the money that he was looking for. Um, but but he hasn't lost anything, so I think it's hard to say that he's losing it. Um, but it's also kind of hard to say that he's winning it if that makes if that makes any sense. Um, I got you. so you know he he kind of is still in the same spot he was when the season started. Um, and so the positive way to look at it is to say, hey, he still has the opportunity to kind of swing things back in his favor. Uh, you know, going down uh, going down the stretch here. Uh, but moving on, speaking of the uh, of the best team in the AFC North, uh, at least not necessarily on paper, but at least in theory, that uh, that Terrence mentioned, the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, they certainly got back on track, particularly on offense this week. Uh, Thirty-five to seventeen win over the Falcons. Joe Burrow threw for four hundred eighty-one yards and three touchdowns. I mean, just absolutely exploded uh, on the Falcons. Had two uh, hundred thirty-yard receivers in uh, in Taj Boyd and uh, and Jamar Chase. Uh, they count for all three of his touchdowns there. Yeah, what you, what you guys think about that game? I think that uh, <laughs> at some point somebody's going to have to have to edit together a blooper reel because you just said exploded on the Falcons, and I'm just like, all right, I hear you, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, I'm not surprised. I thought that's what I thought they would do, and I think they're going to do that. Not for the remainder of the season, but definitely the next few games. Uh, people better look out because the Bengals are about to start looking like the Bengals of last year. Everything he said, I'm not surprised at all. Joe Cool. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what I took from it is that, you know, because obviously the first couple weeks of the season, uh, Bengals started out kind of slow. And uh, so certainly seeing them, you know, these last couple of weeks starting to look more like the Bengals of last year uh, kind of lets me know, okay, it, it wasn't a fluke and this is a team you definitely got to gotta look out for going forward. Um, so I'll be, I'll be curious to see how things go for them going forward. Uh, I think they've got a good game next week, if I remember correctly. Not really. They play the Browns uh, on Halloween, so not really that great of a game. Uh, but it is a division game for them, so that, that'll be important nonetheless. Okay. Yep, yep. Uh, let's see. Anything else? Uh, the Jets also continue on their win streak, 16-9 over the Broncos. Obviously no Russell Wilson in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, not really much to talk about there. Just got the win. Brees Hall tears his ACL for the season. Definitely hated for him. Traded for James Robinson. Uh, the big surprise team of the year, I think, other than the Jets, would be the Seattle Seahawks. 37-23 win over the Chargers. Uh, Seahawks and Chargers are now both 4-3. Geno Smith with yet another good another good game. Uh, guys, it's looking like to me, if, if you ask me, wasn't necessarily a bad move to go ahead and move off of Russell Wilson. I'm glad you brought that up. Am I right for that? Up because I I have a question. Is it possible that Russell Wilson was a system player? Ooh. Because hear hear me out. Hear me out. Russ has been great. He leaves has an has a whole off season now. Camp mini camp everything. You know Russ is good at two shoes, so he's always there. Um. <laughs> goes goes to Denver. New system looks terrible. Geno Smith has looked terrible his whole damn career until now, when he gets in that system that Russ was just in. It's time to start exploring the possibility that Russ may have been a system player. Well, let me ask you this in in response to that question: If that's the case, then what does that really say about Pete Carroll as a coach? Sounds like he's got a good system. 
Eh, I want. I so, don't know if it's his system. He's a defensive guy. Remember, you, you, you're talking about the offense, though, guy. right? Okay. Well, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he has the good. Maybe his assistants have the good. System. I don't know. Um, I'm like, yeah, because 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 the defensive coach he had at the time, he's long gone. Yeah. 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 Um, but I mean, we're talking so, offense, though. I just, so, I just, I just I wanted know. to pose the question, and I'm not. I am not saying that Russ is a system player. Yeah. But I am saying it's time to start asking these questions. Right. Yeah. I, I mean. I guess the only thing that's interesting about it, if you go back even to the beginning of his career, you know, he came in, I think it was a fourth-round draft pick, and, and the Seahawks had just recently uh, traded for or signed, uh, was it Matt Flynn? Matt Flynn, I mean, yeah. Yeah, he, he just had a good good back end of the season with uh, whatever team he came from. I don't know, was it the Falcons, maybe? Uh, somebody he came from. Was it for the Patriots? Nah, I think it was like Green Bay or something. Matt Flynn. Green Bay. Yeah. Matt Flynn, yeah. Yeah. Had a, had a, that yeah. was the year that was the year that Aaron Rodgers got hurt. Matt Flynn came in, played good ball, and then the Seahawks ended up ended up bringing him in. Yeah. Um and you know, Russell Wilson won that job from before, you know, going into week one. Yeah. Um so, you know, when you see a guy that's able to do that as a rookie, then you would think going into, you know, going into what his tenth season now, uh, being with a new being with a new system for the first time. He'd be able to pick that up just as well. Obviously, having you know nine years of NFL experience under his belt at this point. Um, so, is he a system player? I don't know that I'm quite willing to go that far just yet because the the jury is still out on how good of a coach Nathaniel Hackett may or may not be. Though that jury is definitely not looking good for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so you know, with that being said, there is there is still the, the possibility that the problem is really Nathaniel Hackett more so than Russell Wilson. Um, so we'll, you know, he, he's got Russell's got some talent around him. Obviously, he's got the injury, uh, so he didn't he didn't play this week. Um, but you know, by the same token, Geno Smith is stepping stepping his role in Seattle, and uh, Seattle is rolling right along to the surprise of many, including uh, I think everybody on this show. So uh, it'd, be, it'd be interesting to see how it goes uh, down the back end of the season. Yeah, Seattle's doing good, man. No doubt about it. Geno Smith is looking good, and I'm happy for him. But in the end, at the end of the day. I mean, nobody really cares. I mean, I don't even know how many Seahawks fans we actually have listening to the Great Debate Show. So, I think we just spent way too much time on the Seahawks right there. <laughs> but, look, T had a great analysis. That's a good – look, I, I like it. it. It's a good theory. It could be, but I doubt it. Uh, from what I've seen, Russell Wilson is that guy. You just got to let him play off script. You just got to let him wing it. That's just some – quarterbacks just is what they do and i think that that's russell wilson whenever there's something that's going wrong and it's all flat he has to you know come up with what is that i always say the he has to play magician and pull the rabbit out of the hat when he has to do that man he makes plays and they move the chains and they score big plays they score touchdowns off big plays they just need to just let it rip just forget all of this offense that you're trying to you know install and that you want him to run or that he wants to run. Who cares who wants to do it? It's not working. That coach is terrible. I still think he could get fired this season. And it's not going the way I predicted, but I, I got to keep rolling with it because I said it back in August, early September, that the Broncos were going to win the AFC West. That's probably not going to happen. But I still think oh, that Russell – Well, I still think Russell's going to turn it around, though, if unless he just keeps missing games here. And then this is just a lost season, but – I won't go as far as saying he's a system quarterback. I think that it's just, just let the man do what he did in Seattle, damn it, and you'll be fine. And I don't think that was so much system. I think it was more of just get him out of the pocket, get him on the move, let's get the spacing and everything right. And, you know, like, 
I am wondering why the hell Russell Wilson left Seattle. It must have been a real beef, a real legitimate beef between him and Pete Carroll. Because damn, last I checked, DK Metcalf was still pretty damn good. Tyler Lockett is still pretty damn good. And they've got, you know, you know, uh, well, that tight end came from, Noah Font came from the trade. But anyway, you get where I'm going. Like, there's talent in Seattle. Why would you leave this for what I see in Denver? Because they don't look that talented. That goes for Jerry, Judy, and Cortland Sutton, but especially Judy. So, anyway, he's in Denver, and he looks very happy these days. Uh, I'm telling you, man, the Colorado weed is very good, they say. It has to be something in the air that he's blowing. Because, like, he doesn't seem to be phased by anything. No matter how bad the game is, it's a big smile, and it's Bronco country. Let's ride. Damn it, you about to ride their ass into the unemployment line if y'all don't get something turned around here because the Broncos look pretty damn bad. But, again, great analogy, though, T. I just mm, I just think they just need to just, just let them be him. You know, take the training wheels off and let them ride. All right, guys, I think we're pretty much done with football, though. Uh, Sunday night yeah, football. Yeah, that's, that's about it on the NFL. Yeah, I think that's it, man. Sunday night football, welcome back to her. I wish you would stop and slide and learn how to, you know, like be smarter. Um, but other than that, he came back. He looked he looked fairly decent. He got out yeah, to a hot I start. Uh huh. I, 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 I do want to make mention, and, and we talked about this in the offseason. Uh, there was a play last night where Tyreek Hill was essentially on a wheel route. Uh, got about a step, maybe a step and a half on the defender who was in man coverage. Take that back. It was on, but he, he ended up matching up with the safety and got by the safety about a step or two. Um, and Tua launched it and on it through him, and it allowed the safety to make a play on it. I'm saying that to say, this is going to, they're going to have a good season the rest of the way, but at some point, this is Tua's arm strength. It's going to come and bite them. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. You're right. As good as they are, that you can tell, hey, that's still not Mahomes throwing it. But he did because come I, back. I think Pittsburgh may have unintentionally exposed them a little bit last night. Yeah. Um, they were just yep. running rampant that first half. Tua was throwing darts. His arm is so beautiful in intermediate throws, short intermediate throws. Uh, but then they started kind of putting Mika in, in kind of a uh, hybrid situation where he was able to. Uh, zone with some of the intermediate areas and the game changed and the opponents got a whole lot of work in after that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think that's going to be something that a lot of teams are going to do going forward and Tua is just going to have to connect on the deep ball. Yep. Uh, but nonetheless, Tua was back. He did get a win. Pittsburgh Steelers, I almost got that one right. Going with my whole analogy of, uh, you know, Brian Flores getting the best of the Dolphins. Hey, he was getting stops all through the second half. The, the, the Dolphins didn't score again, but even though they were stuck on 16, the problem was the, the Steelers were stuck on 10. Uh, they, they they did not get the win. Dolphins uh, back above 500. Uh, shout out to Mike McDaniel and the Dolphins. Uh, then the Monday night game, uh, uh, an upset as the Bears actually beat the New England Patriots on the night where we thought Bill Belichick was going to break George Hollis' record. But, you know, uh, I guess I should have just realized he does have all season to break that record. They wanted us to think that he was going to do it against the Bears, and I fell for it. I ate the cheese there, I'm not going to lie. Bears win, Justin Fields. Again, another one of those big pluses. I think it was like plus 300. I missed out on that. They're giving us all kind of opportunities doing the gambling world with these pluses, guys. It has been a lot of upsets. 
Uh, again, Tampa Bay was a minus 900. Uh, and and Carolina was plus 600. Man, man, man. I know somebody got it right out there. And congratulations to whoever did. But uh, right. that's it for the football. I don't want to spend much time talking about the, uh, the Patriots or the Bears, though. Good win for the Bears. Justin Fields. Hey, you know, he can get it done sometimes if you just help him out or whatever it is. But the offense was better. Offensive line was better. Uh, Patriots back to the drawing board. It looked like Zappy was going to, you know, come to the rescue. But, man, uh, the Bears, they played Monday Night Football. They showed up and they played football. So, Belichick has to wait another week at least to uh, become the true number two all time in uh wins in the NFL as a head coach. Don Shula, of course, is number one. I forgot all about him. All right, so we're done with football, man. Uh, Nick, you were at the FedEx Forum on Monday night, and you witnessed the uh, Memphis Grizzlies host the Brooklyn Nets in a shootout, pretty much. The Grizzlies won by 10, 134-124. It took well, you saw it. Um, 38 for Ja, 38 for Desmond Bain, who was red hot from behind the arc. And as a Grizzly fan, I'm sure they were very happy to see that because he had kind of been in a little shooting slump, believe it or not. And then KD and Kyrie, they got 37 apiece. They got 37 apiece. The two Grizzlies got 38 apiece. What the hell? But anyway, Grizzlies win. Your take from that game from both teams. Uh, first of all, I, I hope anybody in the gambling world that was uh, that was looking at that game before the game definitely went ahead and took the over. Uh, I think it was set at two thirty three and a half, and needless to say, they blew straight past that. Uh, it was it was definitely an entertaining game to watch, seeing some of the best talent in the league just really have some you know from, some very solid, pretty pretty great offensive nights. Uh, the biggest the biggest takeaway for me from that game was that John Morant looks very very comfortable shooting three-pointers and pull-up jumpers, uh, mid-range jumpers. And if that's going to be the case for a guy with his kind of explosion, look out. I mean, because it's already hard enough staying in front of him, you know, thinking that he, that the shot is not a threat. But if he's going to make you actually have to come out in his face, uh, you know, when he's behind a three-point line, there's going to be no stopping him. Um, and so, you know, for a team, particularly with them playing, uh, still down the second best player in Jaron Jackson Jr., uh, still recovering from injury. Uh, if they can do that now, um, then when he gets back, you know, with the defensive presence that he brings, never mind his ability to score as well, uh, Memphis Grizz is going to be a very dangerous team to deal with. Uh, and so that that was really my biggest takeaway from the game, and uh, it was it was enjoyable to see. Okay. Yeah, man, it just absolutely everything Nick said. And first of all, if people are in this area and have not gone to a Grizzlies game, I can assure you. The energy oh, in that building, you cannot duplicate it. You can't get it anywhere else. Please go to a Grizzlies game, man. It's just it's it's a very, very unreal experience. Uh other than that, yeah, everything Nick said, the Grizzlies will be tough to beat. They are going to very much be in the thick of things in the uh, Western Conference playoffs. I uh I think we all need to see them in Golden State again. We'll see it at Christmas, but as far as a playoff series Hey, Memphis Golden State Conference Finals should be it. Mm-hmm. You know, I wish they could make a, find a way to make it the finals, but but yeah. So I'm I'm just looking forward to that, man. And and that, it's not to say that it'll, it'll happen because I think that the one thing, and you guys remember this, the one thing that, that the Grizzlies have going against them is that for some reason, Luka Doncic loves to play against them. Hmm. Luka Doncic seems to target a lot of different people. I don't understand what's up with that dude. 
But <laughs> it's just like the Grizzlies, the Lakers, the Suns. I mean, when, when Luka just gets this thing in his head sometimes where it's just like, all right, whoever's in front of me is about to get it. And that I've been saying, I've been on the Luka train even since before he got drafted, a little bit of tape that kind of leaked out about him when his name first started getting some, some pub. I was like, hey, y'all can say what y'all want to about his athleticism, but this dude can hoop. Right. Um, only thing I say is it's kind of going to your point, Terrence, about the energy in the building and kind of the experience of a Memphis game. I mean, you have, you have the Lakers, right, who you have their, their courtside experience, the people, that the celebrities they bring in between the Snoop Dogs and the Jack Nicholsons and, you know, whoever else you may find courtside at a Lakers game. Uh, that's one the thing. People, the people that listen to us can't afford those Lakers tickets anyway. Probably also true. Uh, you know, that, that's one thing, um, obviously, you know, Atlanta uh, with its with its uh, kind of roots in the hip hop hip hop scene. That's another right. thing. But right. I mean, nowhere else, you know, other than that, nowhere else are you going to have an experience where midway through the first quarter, Moneybag Yo would have his crew comes walking in and, and walks up sideline and you know shakes hand with John Morant's dad and sits down and starts flashing money at the cameras. You know, in in the middle of the game, and the game just keeps going on like like that's not happening. Um, and so you know, just kind of seeing the the crowd being able to see that and the reactions and, and the way the energy, right? Only in Memphis, uh, the way the energy kind of rises and falls. Uh, you know, watching watching the game and and the way Joffe's into it, man. I mean, he's really just the perfect superstar uh, to be in Memphis. You know, gets kind of his attitude and and the energy that he brings, and you know, kind of the the brashness. Uh, it's, it's a it's a great look for the city. It's a great look for the team, and uh, so I'm definitely uh, looking forward to seeing the rest of the season and seeing how far these guys can take it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, same here, guys. Good stuff. John ja Morant is that dude. I've already, you know, you know, expressed how much I like Ja and the Grizzlies, and um, this was the one thing that I was like, man, if he gets that down, if he gets better with that three point shot. You know, uh, he could be very, very dangerous. And, yeah, he's gotten better. And now he looks very, very dangerous. He's very comfortable with taking that three-point shot. And he is very efficient so far in this young season, knocking that three-point shot down, as far as what I've seen. So, and Desmond Bain got it going. Now, I know that took a lot to get that win, but these are the Brooklyn Nets, and they are talented. And they got two guys that can just light it the hell up at any given moment, which they did. Kyrie and KD, who had 37 apiece. But again, as I've stated, the Grizzlies are no chopped liver. And so Desmond Bain and Josh said, okay, we'll see you 37. We'll raise you 38 apiece. So good game. I watched it in its entirety instead of the Monday Night Football game, to be honest. And, Nick, I know you um, I know you enjoyed. So uh, I'm glad that you did get to be there and see that game and the Grizzlies get the win over the Nets. Um that's all I one, got. One, one, one other step that Ja I think is taking uh, that's gonna just gonna be you know pay dividends for the Grizzlies is the thing that I noticed he has def- he is locked in and made a commitment on the defensive end. I mean every time you know it was it was well it was fun to watch him you know almost every time Kyrie came down the court you know Ja would just get just get right in his grill and, just, and you know obviously the screen come or whatever but it's like Ja was was willing to step up and take that challenge. Yeah. Guarding the best guard on the other team. So I think that's another thing that's going to pay dividends for the Grizzlies. That's true. Uh, particularly since between him and, and with Desmond Bain, that I, I personally believe that, uh, Dylan Brooks is going to become very expendable here sometime near the trade deadline. Oh, yes. No doubt. Yes, most definitely. Uh, and, and and what about um what's his name? Uh, ah, Am- Am- Amadon or Amada? Um, 
Shout out to Adama. Adama. Man, that guy's hooping too right now for the Grizzlies. Out the wing. Man, They're getting some good points from him off the bench. And, yeah. Man, that's another one you got to just tip your hat to the front office. I mean, they, they have found some some diamonds in the rough. Devin Bain is obviously the, the biggest diamond they found kind of out of nowhere uh, of that group. But him, Dylan Brooks, Santi Adama, I mean, these guys, you know, they, they, I mean, and, and when I say that about Dylan Brooks being expendable, I'm not even saying that to say that he's a bad player. Obviously, uh, he's, he's streaky on the offensive end. He makes some some uh, kind of boneheaded decisions sometimes and that sort of thing. But he definitely brings attitude, um, particularly on the defensive end, that, that the Grizzlies definitely uh, benefit from. Um, but by the same token, you know, some some other teams are going to see that as a potential benefit as well. And I think he's going to end up pricing himself out of Memphis, uh, which is, you know, to some extent unfortunate. But, you know, when you're, when you're building a good team the way the Grizzlies uh, being a smaller market have to do it, it's, it's kind of one of those things. And so, uh, it, it, you know, it should be a good thing in the long run for the Grizzlies that, hey, we're, we're you know, it's a good problem to have to have too many good players that you can't afford to pay them all. Well, yeah, Draymond spoke about this uh, after they eliminated the Grizzlies last year. It's just that uh, uh, it's going to come down to the Grizzlies. With the Grizzlies, it's going to come down to the business of basketball. Can they keep these guys together long enough? Uh, and I do think that hey, if, if the worst-case scenario is all you do is trade Dylan Brooks, that's fine. That's yeah. you know, I mean, yeah. you do lose some toughness. You do lose a good role player off the bench. But you you got to lose somebody at some point. And if you can trade Dylan Brooks and get something back for him, that is not the worst thing in the world. Right. And to be quite honest, I know he didn't look great tonight, um, but one of the guys that I think they, they, put, they drafted to really put in that position, and I think we'll have a chance to – to kind of do that is David Roddy. I mean, he he didn't shoot the ball well tonight. No, he did um, not. He did so. He didn't. He shot it terribly. Uh, I think he was over five on the night, over four from three. Mm-hmm. Um, but he he did show some activity on the defensive end. Uh, you know, of course, anybody has can have a bad night. So I'm not going to hold this one game against him and say, hey, he, he can't get it done. Uh, not to mention, it's his what third, fourth game as an NBA player. Um, and so you know, I, I think that you know the the replacements are kind of already on the roster for Dylan Brooks. Um, which is kind of unfortunate, but it's not, it's not oddly enough that he said it is not unlike Draymond Green's situation uh, where, you know, his replacements are kind of already on the roster. And it's just a matter of how fast they're ready before Golden State is, uh, is really ready to move on from him. Yeah. And uh, so that's pretty much it though. I mean, the Grizzlies look good and uh, they are good. And I, I, sky's the limit. We'll see. Everybody's wondering, are they going to take a step back or are they going to continue to be that same number two seed or or whatever? You can't really get any better unless you're number one in the West. And, well, nobody's really predicted that, but they always say, but that damn Ja Morant and how far he can take the Grizzlies. Well, if he can stay healthy, because there was two things that I had questions about, and I know we got to get out of here. It was the three-point shot and him staying healthy. Well, he's, very, he's looking very good at the three-point shot, and as far as his – you know, can he stay healthy? If he doesn't get injured, if he doesn't miss as many games, man, watch out. This is very, very, a very scary Grizzly team. Speaking of other teams, though, real quick, the the uh, 76ers got their first win on Monday night. The Utah Jazz got their first loss on Monday night, who had got out to a 3-0 start. But the last two teams that are undefeated right now, the Milwaukee Bucks at 2-0, who didn't play uh, on Monday but the Portland Trailblazers have the most wins at 4-0 as they defeated the Denver Nuggets at home, and they are 4-0. Shout out to Chauncey Billups, Mr. Big Shot, who is the head coach now of the Portland Trailblazers, and 
doing the damn thing right now, as I can see why. Uh, from looking at Simon, uh, young, I can't think of his first name right now, but Simon in the backcourt over there in Portland Anthony. with Dame Lillard. Anthony, yeah. Anthony Simons, yeah. I, I can see why they traded C.J. McCollum. He is the new guy, and he is next man up, and he's ready. He's balling. He's the, he's, he's the very reason why they came back because the Nuggets were about to blow them out. And um, he came back single-handedly and made, it, made, made a drill three, four, five, three straight. And they made a run. They took the lead, and they didn't look back. So, shout-out to the undefeated Portland Trailblazers. Dane, we've questioned people like him and uh, what's his name out in Washington who won't leave, uh, Bill. Bill. We've questioned these guys for hanging around in, with their respective teams in their respective cities. But, hey, man, right now, it's not looking like a bad idea. Not, not, it's not looking like a bad move for Dame Lillard to hang around there because they're undefeated. And maybe they just needed to get a better coach. And, well, it's looking good so far. In Portland. All right, so that's all I have. Terrence, anything that we left out, anything that you need to mention before we get out of here? Uh, no, I, I don't. I don't think so. I, but I just, I do want to say, uh, give a shout out to my Knicks. I'll start. I'll start talking about my Knicks a little bit more. They seem to be looking like a team that wants to win, as opposed to a team that's just, I don't know, an ensemble. <laughs> I was telling you uh, this. I, I was telling you this yeah, in the preseason. I, I, I've had a chance to be able to watch them play a couple of times, and I think the biggest difference is Thibodeau finally smartened up and started playing Cam Reddish. So they're, they're looking very, very confident, and that makes me happy. Not a championship team, but I do think they're a playoff team that could shock somebody and win a game or two, hey. even if they don't win a series. Randall had 25 and 12. Brunson had 21. The backcourt looks pretty good. Cam Reddish is looking good. You got him and him hooking up with R.J. Barrett over there, the Dukies together again. Uh, yeah, I told you, the backcourt looks strong. They look fast, quick, you know, like I, I see it. I, not just on the offensive end, the defensive end. And the minutes that Derrick Rose gives them off the bench. Uh, hold on. Yeah, he's coming off the bench. Is, is it he? I think yeah, he is. Uh, he is. The minutes that he gives them, though. Watch out. The New York Knicks, they're not bad. I told you this, T, they're not, and I'm glad you see it. And, yes, let's talk about your Knicks more on this great debate show. Uh, Nick, is there anything else? It's good to still have the only undefeated team in the NFL. Oh, Lord. Yeah, <laughs> that is correct, Nick. That is correct. Uh, but not but not Ole Miss, right? Not Ole Miss, unfortunately. We, we got our ass by, by LSU this weekend. That's right. That's right. And uh, Jackson State, it uh, seems like I was the only person in the Mid-South who didn't go to Jackson, Mississippi for the Jackson State University homecoming this past weekend. But I heard that it was it was outstanding and it was amazing. Shout out to Prime and everything that they're doing out there, all of the good things that are starting to happen down there in Jackson. Uh, we got to get down there at some point, guys. The Great Debate Show. Maybe we can even get a Prime interview. <laughs> I, I was in the city, but I didn't go to any festivities. Yeah, right, right. Uh, but yeah, that that's pretty much it, guys. We did react and relax. We talked about the NBA a little bit. Brooklyn, Memphis, great game. Uh, Portland, Denver, great game for a minute. Uh, Philly back in the winning column, and um, that's it. A lot of a lot of drama going on in the NFL as always. But uh, we'll see how it all pans out. Some of the teams that you would expect to be undefeated probably are under 500 right now. <laughs> Who would have thought 
and 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 me and Terrence a few years ago, we 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 said when we first started the Great Debate Show that if you look carefully, this was when Breeze was on his way out. T, I'm sure you remember when we both said that the NFL is now starting to go toward the dual threat quarterbacks and the traditional quarterbacks were about to be very distinct in the NFL. Well, if you're looking at it right now, look at who's winning and who's playing good from Jalen Hurts to Josh Allen to Patrick Mahomes. All these dual threat quarterbacks just just living their best life right now in the NFL with wins. And then we look at these old dinosaurs. At least they're starting to look like those dinosaurs that we were talking about when Drew Brees was still hanging around in New Orleans his last year. Look at Brady and Rodgers. They're not even under, they're not even at 500 right now, you know. And any other pocket passer that you could think about right now, not doing that good. Jimmy Garoppolo, he loves the pocket. He doesn't move out of that motherfucker. And as, I'm sorry, excuse me, but look, he's not he's not even at 500 either. So it's just you see you see how the league is going. You see how how that's working out. Uh, anyway, that's it, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, that's. It's been another great episode of the Great Debate Show. Once again, another hour. We still went over it. We almost got there, but just so much drama going on in the in the LBC. It's kind of hard being Snoop. D- oh no, no, that's the wrong line. But it's a lot of stuff going on in, in the league. So much drama, guys. Look, it was a great show, and uh, I appreciate you guys. Yeah, uh, good stuff once again. And um, we'll we'll get back at it again next week, Thursday night, Nick. Do you know who is playing on Thursday night football? Yes, this week on Thursday night football, we've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers being visited by Terrence's Baltimore Ravens. That is correct. And it is in Tampa Bay in Florida. Lamar Jackson coming off of a win. He needs more. Tom Brady coming off of losses. He needs some wins. This is going to be interesting. We can't wait to talk about it. Look at their records, Jarvis. Look at their records. I don't even have to. I, I think I know right now. The the, the Ravens are four and three, correct? Yeah, right. And the Buccaneers are now three and four. Correct? Yeah. So I already know you're waiting on me to say that both teams will be four and four when it's over with. And the Ravens are a one and a half point favorite, by the way. Oh, uh, now see now see and see here we go again with that crap. This sounds like the Jaguars and the Giants again, doesn't it? Um, man, look, if Tampa Bay is a plus, I am, I am jumping on it this time. You're not going to get me twice. Um, but again, I don't know. I'm not going to say that Brady's going to win. I want to, but then again, I don't know when they're going to get this thing rolling. Look, I said Tampa Bay would be 10 and seven. I said that they had seven losses on their schedule when we done the NFC South. If anybody wants to go back and, and play it back, just pull it up. NFC South predictions. It's there. I said it. So, hey, they've got four losses. They still got three more losses coming up. They very well could get their fourth loss on Thursday night. I don't know when they're going to get it back going. I'm thinking mainly when Gronk returns because Gronk is going to play football this year. I I still think he will, and um, he'll be the reason, they'll say, why everything's just starting to jail now. Or he's the one who could keep Tom Brady sane and, you know. But anyway, we didn't make a big deal of Brady going to somebody's wedding uh, last week, but they lost again this week, and everybody's just like, uh, you know, like over. They're downplaying it pretty much. Like, hey, this is not quite OBJ in the boat trip. Yeah, yeah, it kind of is, but nobody's talking about it. Uh, Buccaneers losing. I know that was a playoff game, and this is regular season, but still. 
Uh, that's going to be interesting. T, do you want to give your take real quick before we get out of here? Because sometimes when we do these Friday episodes, well, if we're going to do a Friday episode, we'll wait till after the game. It has, yeah, has, has ended. Um, so. Yeah, easy one. Brady was 400 yards. Wow. <laughs> I mean, he's going up against the, the second worst unit in all, in all of football. And I just think that he will have a bounce back game. They'll probably roll Julio as uh, Julio's ass out there, and he'll get a hundred yards, and Mike Evans <laughs> will get a hundred yards, and Fernanda get a hundred yards receiving and running. I'm, I'm being funny, but seriously, I think Brady has a bounce back game because this will be the game to do it. Yeah. Well, four and four does sound good. Is not good. Yeah, four and four for both teams does sound sweet. So I'll take Tampa Bay with you on that. But again. I'm not very confident in it at all. I'm not confident in picking either one the way they've been playing uh, so far this season, to be honest with you. But, um, yeah, I'll take Tampa just for the 4-4. Four and four. Also, to be fair, Terrence, uh, the Bengals have only given up five sacks the last couple of weeks. So, uh, it, it may be time to start looking at your Ravens secondary as the worst unit in football as opposed to the second worst. Mm. I'm with you. I'm with you. I was, I was, I was calling them the second – just because I didn't want to look over Cincinnati's O line. Ah, <laughs> oh, right. It, it might it might be time to start looking over them because uh, they they don't look quite as bad as uh, as they have previously. Mm. Nick, who you got? Who you're taking? Ooh, you gonna put me on the spot? Uh, we'll go Ravens. I think the Ravens will get it done. Okay. Uh, like I said, I said it's time to react on the Buccaneers, um, and I think after this game is when people are really gonna start to look. A little sideways at Brady and the Bucks and say, hey, you know, if y'all going to do this, y'all need to start showing it because if not, uh, it's going to be time for Brady to go home and, and try to work on his family, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Well, me and T are going Tampa Bay. Nick is going Baltimore. We'll see how it goes. We'll be back on on our Friday to give you our week eight predictions. We'll recap Thursday night football, and we hope it's a good one. We think it will be. Um, probably a good defensive game, and uh, but we'll see. Uh, that's it. That's all we've got, ladies and gentlemen. An hour 13, hour 14 in. We hope you've enjoyed. Again, the Great Debate Show is available wherever you get your podcast. Rate, review, follow, and um, the Great Debate Show. You can type that in the search bar on Facebook. Join us. Get in with the uh, great debates that we have throughout the week. And uh, we'll be back for more on Friday. Thank you so much for listening. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you were here with us and we appreciate it. We out. We'll be back. Y'all please be safe out there. Absolutely. Peace out guys. Get up.